He's going to listen to all of this as well later on to see if there's any good stuff. So that's, that's the only reason it's worth speaking up. He's man. got all day working from home and he just can't get his shit together. For... All he has to do is like, I know. What is it? It's just, but... hello, I'm Gav and this is the film and that's it. And every week he just yeah. make like oh. some insult. Yeah. You being bored, me having yeah. no personality. No. <laughs> personality. <laughs> or fucking takes Dustin Hoffman. God, I just fucking can't stand him. He's back. Were you talking about me again? No, 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 no. Hello, welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. Uh, I'm Dave. That is not funny. <laughs> I have terrible internet and I don't know when you've paused or not. <laughs> okay, so our long engagement remains as we continue our rom-com month. And this week, we're putting the 2009 rom-com, The Proposal, on trial. Is it a shotgun wedding or is it a shotgun in the mouth? <laughs> Essentially. Jesus Christ. Essentially, we're going to find out if we'll be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Four Weddings and a Funeral. Not Love Actually, as I kept on saying throughout the episode. So, Dave, you judged mm-hmm. that trial and you deemed it should be placed on the hit list. You've since gone away and you've watched the film, unfortunately. Did you make the right call or not? I think I did. It's Obviously, its reputation is a classic, precedes it, and it's... It's all well and good. It's a fine rom-com. I don't see what all the fuss is about. You know, it's nothing spectacular. But I guess, like, a lot of the points you made said that, you know, it changed things when it came out. It was kind of groundbreaking. We hadn't seen a script like that before. We hadn't seen these sort of characters being portrayed before. So I guess I guess I understand it. You know, if we could all travel back in time and see what the review's like when it came out, I guess it'd be a bigger deal. And in the cold light of day, it doesn't quite stack up, I think. It's not the best rom-com I've seen by a long way. But it's just about good enough to get on the on the hit list. There's some good performances there, even if some of the characters are poor. Alex was absolutely right about that. Uh, but solid performances, decent script. It's got enough going for it to get on the hit list. But it, it's not a surefire thing. Okay. Did you enjoy? And- did you enjoy Callow's death? You know, what? I I didn't really. I actually really? kind of liked the character of Gareth. I- really? Yeah. It's just like the number of weddings I've been to. It's like God. I wish I'd had someone like him to liven things up a bit. Especially if he's having a heart attack. Only, but, only, only that wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only <laughs> wedding I would want him at. Is the wedding he would die at. That then I'd. But no, I'd, I'd attend that. I one, think yeah. also, I think he's he's more palatable because you like John Hanna mm. so much, and and particularly that funeral scene. That was a really good performance by John Hanna. So I think he, again, like real life couples, sometimes one half of the couple makes you tolerate the other one more. So it felt in that respect was relatable. Um, but yeah, no, I, I liked a lot of the characters. A lot of them are, are absolute knobs, to be honest with you. But yeah, at least they're, they're not all saints. You know, they're, there's some real flaws to some of these characters, not just in the writing either, like some intentional ones. So, you know, I think there's enough going for it for me. So um, which of the films on Trial Crew is the one that is more palatable, that makes the others more bearable? Uh, <laughs> um, it's himself yeah. <laughs> he does, he's modest but Let's he doesn't want to say himself <laughs> yeah okay. totally me totally yeah. me 
Well, thank you very much for that summary, Dave. And uh, good to know that you didn't join Alex with the, the, the funniest part of forwards at a funeral was the death of Simon Gallo's character. <laughs> I did watch it back thinking like, was this something I'd missed? And I was like, no, I think you need to just not like Simon Callow or maybe like really hate the I character. D- I, d- I don't see how you could not. I don't see how it's a choice. I honestly don't know. <laughs> if it was someone more likable, like Ian McKellen in that role, you know, would you have felt differently? No, it's the character. I mean, I, yeah, Simon, it's not actually Simon Callow. It is the character that I find just really ridiculously annoying. Yeah. Just the way he sort of talks like that and never says That's anything. Simon Callow. That's Simon Callow. That's Simon That's his actual yeah, voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's Simon Callow. You know, like, <laughs> okay, solved. so uh, thank you very much for that, Dave. Um, On to the trial. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be me and Ozzy I think he's just messaged to say if he's coming or not I haven't read it though but I'll read it out like he's coming nonetheless so I'm a little bit like Oscar Nunez's Ramon I may not be as young and nimble as I once used to be but I'm still going to dance and take my clothes off so help me God (laughs) (laughs) and you can all attest to that (laughs) and Ozzy is just like Betty White's character Grandma Annie a kooky earthy hippie that everybody seems to love for some unknown reason. And acting as prosecution... I thought there was going to be like a, a punchline there, but there just wasn't. Yeah. I know full well why I like Betty White. No. Because <laughs> she's a class act on screen, <laughs> off screen. Everybody loves the character. Everyone loves Betty White. I'm just saying, why is the character so beloved, apart from the fact that she's oh. played by Betty White? Okay. And, yeah, but and why the- weren't you insulting, honestly? Um, why insulting uh, Betty White? to be honest i've only just written these insults now so they're not as good as my usual ones but um i'll just say also he's a bit of a prick is that better (laughs) yeah yeah there you go okay (laughs) i just think you should back off betty white a bit (laughs) okay right just in case betty white is listening uh, i think betty white's brilliant and in no way do i think that you're any bit like austin because that would be insulting to you (laughs) So, acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Dave and Joel. Dave is just like Ryan Reynolds' character, Andrew. He works hard, is very underappreciated, and is always accidentally walking in on you when he's naked. <laughs> we, we know your game, Dave. We know your game. And Joel that started is... so well and so promising. <laughs> it's never going to end well, Dave. And uh, Joel is just like Craig T. Nelson's character, Joe. You don't really know what he does for a living, but he does really love his son. Aww. Um, Aww. Although he might not be able to express it with his face or tone of voice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why I was angry that Ozzy wasn't getting insulted because the rest of us get quite scathing insults at times. Ozzy's having a hard enough time at work and and then, you know, bearing his heart and soul to us only to be told that he's a real piece of shit by you. (laughs) I literally haven't spoken to him since then. I don't know know where he is. I'm worried sick. Ozzy, if you're out there, please get in touch. Um, Now, just like real court advocates the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles these may or may not be their real opinions though so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts which means this week alex will be playing the most important role he'll be playing the judge and he has to decide which list this film should be placed on the hit or the shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion now alex is a bit like sandra bork's margaret Nobody at work likes him. 
<laughs> I mean, that, that <laughs> nice, might be different. No, no, nice and simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice and simple. That might be different if you wouldn't have just told us about that WhatsApp group that you're in <laughs> and the motivational quotes that you send to the WhatsApp group. Trolling every... your own workmates. <laughs> <laughs> Not trolling. I'm trying to inspire them with motivational work quotes. Uh, just before we get started, Alex, would you be able to give us a motivational quote to you know, get us motivated for this, this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one I've sent to my colleagues, sadly, I'm isolating at the moment. So to, you know, to inspire them while I'm not there, I said that uh, success only comes before work in the dictionary, which, you know, is, is a fact. Yeah. It is a fact. And I, my morale has been significantly boosted. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Before we go on to the bulk of the trial, I think we should give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. What what's the uh, just out of interest on the um, wheel of impressions? The actual arrow is a Fredo. What's the sell by date on that Fredo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I've got to pull it off the arrow now. Oh, hey, it's uh, it's still in date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. It's been on the arrow for what since before Christmas. So, yeah, Freddo's man. Once a nuclear apocalypse come, we'll all be eating Freddo's, won't we? Exactly. And you know what? I might use this as an emergency Freddo. If it's just one day in work when I've had a really bad day, I need to crack open an emergency Freddo. I know it's just there. Anyway, it's uh, it has landed on question mark, which means judge's choice. So the judge gets to pick who should read out the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. Alex, you're the judge. So who would you like to pick? You, Gav. You're going to do it. Hey. Okay, so how should I read out the synopsis? How's your Betty White? Um, oh, I can try. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if anyone got any others. I mean... I reckon I can try for Betty White. I'll, I'll try. I just think if you if you try to do Ramon, that could become a stereotype. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, and you've okay. already done a Sandra Bullock, and although you're pretty good at it, you, you have already done a Sandra Bullock. <laughs> well, Sandra Bullock is essentially came at the frog. Um, okay, so I'll try Betty White. A pushy boss. You, sorry. <laughs> no, keep going. Okay, I love it. <laughs> a pushy boss forces her young assistant to marry her in order to keep her visa status in the U.S. and avoid deportation to Canada. There's that a little bit one of the most terrible. There was a little bit of Kermit in that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a pushy boss forces her. <laughs> okay, Alex. I mean, you've got everything that you need from that summary. But uh, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, could I have a little bit more, maybe from someone on defence? So, is anyone like to go first? Gav, could you maybe just flesh out that wonderful synopsis a tad more? Oh, I'll flesh it out big time. So, Margaret, who's played by Sandra Bullock, is a successful, self-made chief editor of a New York publishing firm. She's confident and ruthless, and so is loathed by her co-workers. And her executive assistant is Andrew, who's played by Ryan Reynolds, and is who is, oh sorry, he's an aspiring editor, and he's been working for Margaret for a number of years without any recognition. Now, unbeknownst to Margaret, her visa is due to expire, meaning that she will be deported back to Canada and lose her job unless dot, 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 Andrew agrees to marry her in a sham Uh marriage. I know, you couldn't write it, but somebody did. (laughs) Andrew agrees on the condition that he be promoted to editor and Margaret publish his book. So they go away with it. However, 
the skeptical clerk at the immigration department isn't buying it and schedules an immigration interview after the weekend, meaning that Andrew and Margaret have 72 hours to get to know everything about each other and also attend his nan's 90th birthday party in his home state of Alaska. Now, over the weekend, there were lots of ups and downs and funny happenings as Margaret grows closer to Andrew and his family, with his family eventually asking the couple to celebrate the nan's birthday by getting married together there and then. But as the immigration inspector, Mr. Gilbertson, crashes the weekend to evaluate the relationship, the lies, the emotion, and her feelings for Andrew become too much for Margaret, who calls the whole thing off only for Andrew to propose to Margaret for, for real and give us that lovely Hollywood happy ending. Now, oh. you know, this is this is nothing that we haven't seen before. I'm not going to pretend that it is. But what is so good about this film is that it feels very familiar, and the cast and crew, even though it is so familiar, do a fantastic job of making it work. The chemistry and the performances of the central couple and the supporting characters make the proposal an engaging watch. <laughs> oh, very <geez>. nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you 50 points on that. I won't tell you. I won't tell you how I'm scoring this, but that was it's a very good little flourish there. Uh, that seems like a very, you know, very sort of standard boilerplate premise for a rom com. How far wrong can this go, Dave? It's it's very it's familiar territory. He's not wrong. This is a mire of cliches. There is nothing in this film that you will not have seen before, I assure you. It is completely and utterly predictable. From the moment it begins, you could almost write out the plot yourself and do it note by note, and everything will just fall into place. Maybe people like films like that, but this just has no originality to it. It's familiar territory, but it's just like someone's concrete over it. So there's nothing good to see here anymore. You know, it's just bland. And it's just like this this surface of like what once was, you know, a, a familiar but relatively pretty corner of the park. And someone's just put a car park there instead. That's the problem you've got with the proposal. The fact that it is so formulaic, so overly familiar. You know, this is a rom-com we've seen hundreds of times before and hundreds of times since. You know, it came out in 2009. This is a film that's been made before, will be made again. But that's the problem with it. Yes, the leads, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, they have charisma. They have presence. I rate them both as actors. I, I adore them both. And yes, they have that charisma that I mentioned. But it all goes out of the window with this script that is just so leaden and, and doesn't give you the chance to enjoy the characters that they that they would have created. I was going to say that they created. They can't create any characters with it because the script doesn't give them the tools with which to do it. It is an absolute waste of both of them, to be honest with you. This script was far beneath them um and it was it was like it was designed you know custom built for a sandra bullock vehicle this is the sort of thing she could have excelled at you know getting to play someone that you don't like you know the uh, the character of margaret at the start you you don't like it. and to be honest with you it takes a real uh, a long time into the film for you to actually start warming to her and it takes some like pretty tragic stories from her from her background you know they're pretty unsubtle about the way they start to get to allow the audience to be worn around by Margaret. I mean, one of the biggest problems I had with this was you meet one of Ryan Reynolds's Andrew Paxson's old girlfriends when they go to Alaska, uh, played by Malin Ackerman. Within five minutes of meeting her, I wanted him to wind up with her, not Sandra Bullock. And as the film wore on, my opinion on that did not change. She, she seemed way nicer. And uh, yeah, they missed the trick with that one. Could have been a very different film if they'd rewritten it another way. But as it is, this is what we're left with. Familiar territory and nothing good to shout home about here much at all okay thanks dave jesus uh joel i mean 
like Dave's have done a pretty good job there to saying that yeah, it's just so familiar that it was just no point in even watching it, just watch another better rom com. Is there anything unique to this? Does it need it? Not really. I mean, if you think about when Gav was explaining the plot there, when they kind of arranged to have this sham marriage, I mean, what do you think happens? You know, they yeah. they end up falling in love. I, I know, could pretty it, much it, guess as soon as they got the thing that they were having an immigration marriage. Yeah, and kind of and, say and you know, like lot. Dave said, Sandra Bullock's kind of like this emotionally dull character. She's kind of closed herself off, like to the world type of thing. Again, you know, what do you think's going to happen? You know, Brian Reynolds melts her heart a little bit. And that's essentially what happens. There, there was nothing, you know, no surprises along the way here, I would say. It's just extremely predictable. And it, it's not like in a good way. You know, sometimes you have those films where you know what's going to happen, but the comedy's there to keep it going or the chemistry between the characters. But, you know, this was really early Ryan Reynolds, I would say, before he found like major success. And although some of his jokes are funny, like not all of them land and like I said, the biggest thing in a rom-com is that the two characters have to have chemistry between them and, and they just don't. They're just kind of two separate entities, I would say, in this film. And with everything else that's going on, which is very little, you know, you're not left with much. Oof, Gav, I mean, they're really, they're really laying into it. Uh, the big thing that's coming out of this is that the script's kind of killing stuff. There isn't chemistry between the leads. Ryan Reynolds hasn't found his feet yet. This isn't a Ryan Reynolds we know now. <laughs> And, you know, there's no chemistry between them and it's predictable. Uh, you know, I'd say the key thing here is I need to know that the scripts is not as dull as they're making it out to be, because it does sound like that's the only thing that could possibly save this. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to say to Joel, it's not unbelievable for somebody to love somebody, even if they can't express emotions. Because if this we've... is going to be a personal <laughs> insult, just don't bother. All I'm saying, I think, all I'm I think saying, this yeah. is as predictable as the doctor. You, you just been docked. You just been docked a hundred points. <laughs> like, as soon as you said Joel, I just literally took took off so no, many listen, points. Listen, as I said before, like I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that this is entirely original because it's not. But the thing is, is that it doesn't need to be. Like, there's nothing wrong with a rom com. Like, just going through the motions or like being a bit formulaic. The overall concept concept as i said isn't original a couple who pretend to be together for x reason but end up developing feelings and you know although it seems like it's covering all the rom rom-com tropes it does it well and it still ends up being very enjoyable you you want to go for a rom-com you want to go and see a rom-com for uh, you know to feel emotion to feel joy this has all of the tropes that you want in it has the meet cute you know every good rom-com has one and this one is subverted meet cute in which they already know each other and actively don't like one another from the beginning there's the conflict and resolution you're along for the ride as the central couple start developing feelings for one another and when you're finally willing them to get together the conflict happens here margaret believes andrew is meant to be with his old girlfriend that dave mentioned before and although she still has feelings for him she doesn't want to keep lying to his family and the immigration officials and the resolution comes with the next troop which is the over-the-top romantic gesture margaret leaves andrew at the altar in alaska but andrew makes a tireless journey to catch up with margaret at the office and makes this huge public declaration of love and proposes to her for real this time you know it doesn't tread any new ground and i'm not going to pretend that it does but there's comfort in the familiar there's nothing wrong with being formulaic especially when it comes to rom-coms i was mentioning before i saw nobody at the weekend which was very formulaic but it was also really enjoyable it was just like the equalizer it was just like john wick and so many others but i got exactly what i wanted from it lots of action and to feel excited so although this might be a bit tropey or formulaic or whatever 
Dave said, it does exactly what you want from it. It makes you laugh and it makes you root for the couple to get together and it makes you feel happy when they eventually do. And I would just like to say the biggest thing that I've got a, a, an issue with that either Dave and Joel have said is the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. You know, they lift the script they lift the set pieces the chemistry between the two of them is you can really feel it i think that some of the script is just a bit standard but what makes it so much better is the cast i think the cast really elevates the script and they bring it to life there's a lot of funny things going on here and the cast do a really good job of of, of expressing that cheers no thanks um so i mean we just disagree it seems on chemistry you're saying it's good they're saying it's bad you mentioned the set pieces and, you know, a rom-com, I feel like it does live or die by its, you know, it's it's funny set pieces. You know, when Harry met Sally, very memorable, forward and in a funeral for, you know, some of the wrong reasons, some might say very memorable in certain parts. What about the proposal, Dave? You know, what are the set pieces? What are these comic set pieces like? Um, I'm struggling to think of them, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm not saying there's comedy set pieces. <laughs> I can't think of that many. I, I can think of um, the one where the eagle snatches the puppy. But it's just one of the, I wrote down two things that I liked about the film. One was Alaska looks nice, and the second one, Kevin the puppy is cute as flip. <laughs> it is an adorable dog they got. But because the dog's so cute, I am I'm genuinely not really laughing at the scene where the eagle tries to snatch it. You know, even though Sandra Bullock's like running around trying to trying to get this dog back that she accidentally let out, it's not all that funny. You know, it, I think they're trying to make it a slapstick moment, but it just doesn't quite pan out. Um, Oscar Nunez's character, Ramon, he's this character who keeps cropping up. He holds down like multiple jobs on, on this, this Alaskan island. Um, he, you first see him as a caterer. You see him again working in a store. He's also probably most memorably a male stripper, the only male stripper they have on the island. Um, and yeah, he, I think his character was supposed to be something hilarious. You know, the character keeps cropping up with all these one-liners and he's he's, uh, he's a funny guy. He becomes up with these funny lines, but it just doesn't work. And it's not Oscar Nunez's fault. I think he does a good job with what he's given, but the script's just not that funny. And that's the problem I come down to. That's why the set pieces aren't so memorable. That's why I'm not laughing. Despite the fact they're clearly trying to go for a, a funny scene, the script just isn't good. I don't see the cast's fault. I agree with what Gav was saying about, you know, this is a, this is a good cast. And I think all the actors here do the best that they can. But ultimately, when you've got a, a, a leaden script in your hands, there's only so much you can do. You could you could give it to the Royal Shakespeare Company, and there is only so far you can take. I wish it, they would. It? I'd love. I wish they would. I wish. Would you, wouldn't you love to see the Royal Shakespeare Company doing twenty-seven dresses? <laughs> there is. My problem is, you know, as good as the actors are, as good as the cast are it kind of falls flat and you feel like they've been ripped off because there's only so much that can be done with this comedy. The script just falls flat. Okay, sure. Uh, Joel, did you laugh? Bit, like, honest answer, Joel. You can't lie. Did you laugh at any point in this film? Joel, you're on mute. Are you, Joel? Uh, I could lip read and I think he was saying it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, I did... It was hilarious, but the type of hilarity where you don't laugh or smile... Um, you know, it's that kind of like internal hilarity <laughs> when you're thinking, like, you know, could they have made this any more unfunny? Oh, wow. um, no, it, like, I don't think I laughed once. I think there are a few moments where potentially, you know, like I smiled or something like that. <laughs> um, but overall, like, as I said earlier, if it's going to be so predictable and so kind of, you know, tropey, it needs to have good comedy and good good chemistry and it doesn't have either of those things um and like even 
like some of the set pieces just are a little bit annoying. Like for example, at the end when Ryan Reynolds actually does propose, like he does it kind of in public, and you know it's just like that kind of whole thing where like everyone stops and looks around and all the attentions on this couple and. It just kind of felt to me like, you know, it's been done like a, a thousand times before. Like it would have been much more poignant a moment had it been done in private type of thing or, you know, something that meant more to them as a couple rather than just kind of throwing this piece in where he just proposes to her in public so that everyone can see this like kind act that he's doing. You know, it's just another kind of moment in the film that just annoyed me really and maybe kind of put me along this path. Just you anger. Just shouldn't watch this film. You know, it's just <laughs> anger, pure, like just rage. unadulterated yeah. rage. That's, that's really what I'm getting from it. Just, just <laughs> real, real rage. Which I, I, I didn't sort of feel it would you know, get having, this sort of you know, reaction uh, from you. The proposal, to be honest. Ha- having a new baby, I only get mm. a certain amount of time to watch television <laughs> sure. and being made sure. to watch this. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> having said that, though, Joel, you did make us all watch Mortal Kombat and pay premium money for it. So I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've only we're, we're, we're only getting you back on that one. Right, uh, Gav, you gotta you gotta you gotta get something with these set pieces, man. They sound Jesus Christ. Honestly, like I just don't understand what film you guys have watched i mean alex come on man you've got to you've got to see that this is a bit ludicrous but then again you did think that the funniest part of four weddings in a funeral was a man dying (laughs) so maybe (laughs) preaching to the wrong choir here but like okay i don't think well i'm gonna say this here we're not the intended audience for the proposal right and i think that there are things that maybe people of our age our gender wouldn't find funny but i thought that it was funny i thought that as i said before okay the overall film the overall concept of the film isn't very original but what they do with those sort of tropes what they do with the sort of the, the expectations you get have of a rom-com you know they pull out all the stops to make sure that what stops do they pull out I'll tell you now, some of my favourite parts of the film, which I think were actually funny, uh, firstly for me was the the actual um, story of them first getting together. So they're over in Alaska, they're meeting all of the family at the 90th birthday party, and then somebody inevitably asks, oh, how did you get together? And then there's this like good one-upmanship between Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, where Sandra Bullock's uh, character, Margaret, is trying to make Andrew sound as emotional as possible saying that you know like when he was crying when he was doing it he could hardly hold back the tears he got down on one knee it was almost like he got down on all fours and at the same time Andrew's trying to make it sound more manly there's this bit where he says this Andrew made this incredibly handmade decorative box and filled it with tiny hearts that he cut out and uh, sorry t- tiny drawings of hearts that he cut out not tiny like chicken hearts falling out of a box <laughs> <laughs> but you know he keeps on trying to change just to make himself sound more manly and he was like yeah but there was nothing in the box instead it was just like a, a note that said go to this address um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's also the scene that Dave alluded to before. She lets Kevin the dog out. We're told beforehand, don't let the dog out because an eagle might snatch him. The eagle snatches the dog. She's running after the dog. She finally rescues it. But the eagle then takes her phone, and her phone's the most important thing to her because she's a workaholic. And then there's this scene where she's like, she's like, no, no, take the dog. I'm on my phone. And then from the and then you get this scene from the inside of the house where um, Andrew's family are all looking out, and they're like, oh, isn't that lovely? She's dancing with the dog, and Andrew's sort of like, oh, 
Spanish. She's not dancing. Um, I'd say, you know, Oscar Nunes as well, Dave. I can't believe that you didn't like Oscar Nunes. I think this is going to be a revelation at the end. I like Oscar Nunes. <laughs> I just thought the script let him down. Oh, no. As like, is the so, case with most of most of the cast. But. No, and I, I massively disagree with that. Like, they, they have this uh, hem party for Margaret, and they call that a stripper, and it's this over-the-top, over-the-hill exotic dancer played by Oscar Nunes, who's like, prime days are behind him and that, that whole scene where he's trying to do a sexy dance is very funny but then Oscar Nunes just constantly popping back up his character Ramon as a sort of like dog's body he has like every other job in, in this village so like they hold a, a formal event and he pops up as the waiter or you know and it's just sort of like what job doesn't this guy have um there's you know the immigration interview at the end as well so once they've once Andrew's finally proposed to Margaret, they actually have to have the immigration interview for real and all of the characters are getting asked. And it seems like all of the actors are just sort of, they're answering questions ad lib. It's like, it's it's very, very funny to just see how the actors would respond to those situations. And, you know, the responses that they give are very funny. I think I would just massively disagree that this isn't very inspiring. I think that it is a very sort of paint-by-numbers rom-com. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think that sometimes you want to go and watch a film where two people fall in love, they get together, they have a bit of conflict, and then they end up together happily ever after. And the thing is, is what happens in between that, those funny moments that I mentioned, they are lifted from the cast. You know, like the best comedy comes through the cast itself. Ryan Reynolds' exacerbated and or agitated delivery. Sandra Bullock's acting. She's, she's acting like somebody who's trying to perform out of their comfort zone and failing massively. Betty White just being Betty White. I think the cast is absolutely amazing. And that whatever situation they're put in, it makes it just much more enjoyable. And I think at the end of this, you've you've got exactly what you went in for. You know, you wanted to see a good a good romantic comedy and at the end, you've got it. You know, it, it doesn't have to be new and exciting and not everything has to be original. Sometimes you just want what you want. Okay. Well, you know, Gav's saying that, you know, with the cast as strong as it is, it's hard to kind of go wrong. I mean, we talked about script. What about just the performances themselves? When we're looking at, you know, Dave, we're looking at Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. They're very solid leads. Uh, how far can they go wrong? Well, they are very solid leads. And um, like I said, the thing that I think comes close to seven, doesn't quite save it, but it's close, is the natural charisma that the two of them have. You know, not so much as a couple, but I blame the script for that. But, you know, individually as actors, there's a natural presence to them both. You know, they're both they're both very enjoyable actors. They're both very watchable actors. But the script lets them down. And I won't bang on about the script anymore. I know you've had your piece on that, but that's where it all goes wrong. It is a good cast. You know, this is this is a, a decent uh, set of actors they've in, inspired here. Like Gav says, maybe not the most imaginative casting. Like Betty White is basically playing the kind of characters we've seen Betty White play multiple times before. The kind of kooky but lovable that, you know, grandma type figure. There's what's, I, I'm not doing a Dick Miller. I'm not going to say anything. I regret. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I've learned my lesson. I'm not doing a dick miller <laughs> but uh yeah it is it's it's not exactly pushing betty white out of her comfort zone this is a fine role for her to take on but this, i say the same thing about craig t nelson it's like you know we need a surly father figure who's kind of uh irritable and angry and and isn't really in touch with his emotions and it's like well craig t nelson has been doing that role for like the last 30 years in hollywood let's get him <laughs> so i think but again it's a bit of a waste there's no subtlety to his character there's no nuance to his character there's nothing original to it it's a it's a character that has just been done paint by numbers it's like oh we want the boyfriend's dad that's kind of disapproving and doesn't want his son to be like 
going off and going away and he wants him to come back come back to the family business literally like that old trope and i think the same can be said for mary steenbergen who i adore as an actress i, I love mary steenbergen but she is so underused in this she plays ryan reynolds's uh mom and yeah it just they, there were so many possibilities once you cast mary steenbergen she's such a versatile actress and they just give her next to nothing to work with it, it could have been anyone they may as well have just cast anyone it probably would have hurt less the cast is good they've assembled a good troop of actors here like really good actors but when you give them so little to work with there's only so much they can do you know it's credit to them that there's parts of this film that are watchable but that's down to the actors you know i don't think the director did a bad job i don't think the actors did a bad job but the characters just aren't there for them to turn into people that we enjoy watching you know, we enjoy the actors we're very aware we're watching the actors we're not remotely interested in the characters that they're depicting though Okay. Uh, thanks, guys. Joel, just talking about like the general sort of, no one's talked about sort of direction or just the way the film's sort of like shot and made. Uh, you know, any comments on that? It's probably actually thinking about it, the only positive thing I can say about the film. You know, like Dave said earlier, like Alaska looks nice and it does. There's some like really nice, you know, landscape shots and shots of the city, like the places that they go, all that type of thing. And the direction, to be fair, you know, not, not terrible. But can you put that on the DVD? Like Alaska looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's probably the only redeeming thing, you know, about the film. I think everything else is just on autopilot. You know, Dave mentioned there, like Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, he likes seeing them individually, but they didn't work here. I, th I think that's just because they were just acting on autopilot. Even the most popular kind of actors have like a periods where things don't go well for them. They just do average films, shall we say. Sure, and I Sean Connery Reynolds... never had that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think Ryan Reynolds definitely had that. And I think this is like smack bang in the middle of that time frame where Ryan Reynolds wasn't at his best. You know, he hadn't fine crafted his his art, shall we say. And Sandra Bullock similar. Um so I think this whole film is just on autopilot and maybe the best thing about it is, you know, some of the shots and things like that. So what was what's Ryan Reynolds like before he became Ryan Reynolds? Like is he just is he just your sort of your your standard he's Ryan, he's Ryan Reynolds. It's like Will Ferrell <laughs> or you know somebody okay. like that where they just play mm. themselves or, or just a hunk. Is he but he's not doing his sort of, you know I wouldn't even say he's a hunk. I mean he is good looking, but like he, he's a bit more like well, I mean, you know, he's, he's got a little bit more weight on him and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> <I'm combined. laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not as refined like in okay. this film. So, is it a bit of a disappointment? You you look at Ryan Reynolds and it's like, ah, oh, this is the early Ryan Reynolds, not the one. Yeah, that, you can definitely tell it's early Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's not even as attractive and he's not <laughs> as. <laughs> you know refined as he is these days. So, even yep. if you're like a big Ryan Reynolds fan now. You might look at him in this film and be like, you know, why do I even like him? An an unpolished, rubbish Ryan Reynolds, Gav. That's not true. I think before like Deadpool, this was probably, and, and I'm I'm not even exaggerating here. I think this is probably his most popular film. It was definitely was for it was Sandra Bullock's highest grossing ever film that she'd done. 
uh, which uh, she was even surprised at. <laughs> no, not, that, not that, you know, to say that it's a bad film, but to say that, you know, she has appeared in some excellent films over the years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it outperformed Speed. Uh, you know, let's not forget that. And Speed, Speed 2, two, Cruise Control. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, really? Yeah, which is 24 years old today. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, You've I, memorized I, Speed 2's birthday. I celebrate it every year. I celebrate it every year. I don't <laughs> see a Speed two tree in the background here, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I think I think their chemistry is brilliant in this. I think that Ryan Reynolds. I think he was. He was a go-to guy at the time for rom-coms. Sandra Bullock also. She's awesome. had a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think I think at the time he'd done he'd done quite a lot of rom-coms. I don't think he'd moved into becoming an action yeah, star massively. Yeah, kind of thing wasn't it? Comedy more com than rom, but still a rom-com thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Sandra Bullock has got a lot of experience of romantic comedies as well. And I think the two of them just worked very well together. They know that they're sort of fine, versatile actors, but they know exactly how to deliver in a, a romantic comedy. I think um, Brian Reynolds is likable as always, you know, but he's also got that boyish charm to him as well. You know, he could say whatever, but he says it with a bit of a smile and a wink and, you know, like, oh, what do you like, Ryan? And I think he's always had that and it's like in spades in this film. And he's very believable as well as this mild-mannered assistant who needs to just stand up to his boss. And Bullock is very likable as well, which is testament to her because as Dave said before, she's playing this mean-spirited character. But we find out later on that the character is so cold because she unexpectedly lost both of her parents when she was a teenager and had to fend for herself. And her character development throughout the film is really, really good. And she is very good at portraying that as well. You know, somebody that at first you're a bit frosty to. You're like, oh, she's not very likable. How am I going to relate to her? How am I going to care about her? And obviously as the film goes on she thaws she lets herself be loved again by the family and Bullock is just really good at getting you to believe and to like that character I've said it before as well it's got a great supporting cast Dave said it like it was a bad thing but you know you've got Craig T. Nelson as the cold father who wants his son to follow in his footsteps instead of chasing his dream who else are you going to get for that role other than Craig T. Nelson? Well, He's... yeah, that's kind of the problem. Is that's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> no, but I mean, but you know, if you're going to get somebody to play that part, why not get the best to play that part? And that is Craig T. Nelson. You've also got Mary Steenburgen as well, who I think is really good in this. She, she, I think uh, around this time, she was playing a lot of supporting mothers who want the best for their son and who want them to follow their dreams. You know, she was doing it in Step Brothers and another um, another um, other films. And once again, very, very good at playing it. She's done it many times before. She does it brilliantly here as well. Betty White as the kooky and lovable nan. Once again, Betty White playing Betty White, but Betty White is an extremely popular figure. And She's if you can get her in your film, exactly, then just to She's get the it. Best. Some would yeah. say the best at playing Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's number then, two for it in a, in a fallow period, but yeah, she, <laughs> she's got it. She got it back. <laughs> but um, so you've got, um, as Dave said before, Marlene Ackerman is the perfect ex-girlfriend. You've also got Dennis O'Hare as the ruthless and dogged immigration inspector, and Oscar Nunes as Ramon, the agent stripper, and Island Dog's body. You know. All of the cast are very, very well-versed in comedy and or romantic comedy. And they all play their roles perfectly. And I honestly can't think of one bad performance out of the cast. I think that you can't say that, oh, yeah, they gave a bad performance. 
performance. And I think the thing is about the cast is they all interact incredibly well with each other and they make the situations and the whole film just more believable, more enjoyable, and you root for the characters because of how well they're played by the actors. Okay, I'm, I'm happy to bring this to an end. Dave, some brief points, please. Yeah, just a final point just to say what uh, Gav was saying there. It's it's not that anyone gives a bad performance. Like I said, I, I don't disagree. This is a good-looking cast on paper. It's like they give futile performances and uninspired performances, performances we've seen from them in better films, you know, playing these exact same characters. There's nothing distinctive about this. And like I say, with a script that they've been given, why even bother? Ouch. <laughs> right. Uh, God, that must be annoying for you, Gav. Uh, right, so... Who's got a quiz for us? Hey, hey, what do I not get a final say? No, 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 you don't. Right. <laughs> uh, if you, I think it's time for a quiz. I've heard a lot of different things. I'm ready for a quiz. No, I have to, I'm, I'd just like to say one more thing. God, uh, <laughs> you know, this film might be formulaic, but it's still enjoyable and it's nice to watch. And, you know, at the end of the day, it delivers exactly what you want from a romantic comedy. This isn't the film for us. It's a romantic comedy for the people who enjoy romantic comedies, and it does exactly. I, like, I, 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 I disregard like, all of that. Alex. I quite like. I am. Oh, don't, don't worry. I mean, it's to be, when it. the judge says that's the end, you know, <laughs> for somebody else to carry on. <laughs> it's just a level of disrespect. I know, that, Alex. I know, like, you, you said before. It's what it is. It's you just listed rude. when Harry met Sally and Four Weddings and a Funeral as classic romantic comedies, which to a point they are, but also you can't deny that they're both shit. <laughs> <laughs> the proposal makes when Harry met Sally look like. Are you just Boo are you that it's shit then? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so disregarded it for the last two minutes of conversation, entertaining it was. Does anyone have a lovely quiz for me? No. No. I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm Joel just going to go Short, straight but, into uh, <laughs> Joel, Joel Short. But it, he's if trying he does... to hide behind his filters, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> and the fact that he's got a newborn son. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just move directly then into my. Uh... I don't think you need much time. Let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think the big, the big d- dilemma I had listening to this was: does a romantic comedy like this need to be original? And this was the big thing that was in my head, and I was sort of toing and throwing on it. Uh, cast, I've got no problem with them putting Betty White or Craig T. T. Nelson. This is the exact sort of film. It's the bread and butter for Craig T. Nelson, right? This is exactly where he makes his money. So, you know, if he wasn't being cast in these sorts of roles, you know, he wouldn't have anywhere to live, would he? Do you know what I mean? Some people fix toilets. Craig T. Nelson plays that kind of character, doesn't he? So, you know, uh, fair enough, I I, I think, on that point. Uh, Plot as well, you know, you're willing in a rom-com to forgive him for for quite a lot. You know, know, yeah, Gav said it was, you know, as soon as Gav said was uh, at the immigration meeting and, oh, now they've got to get together, love will spark. You know, I could guess it all, but I could, you can do that with most rom-coms. I guess the the point is the journey. But that's where I feel like it did lose quite a lot because, you know, it didn't sound really like the script had much to give this. And the set pieces, I just didn't really come away feeling like any of it was very funny. Um, I think a big thing just landed right at the end on the chemistry that's between the two leads, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. And, you know, you you were saying it was great, Gav, and, you know, Joel and Dave, you were saying it was terrible. And I just had to sort of, like, land it on that. And I'm just going to have to say that I I think that the chemistry is going to be terrible. (laughs) I don't think there was enough in the film to give it a spark. 
And if there's no spark to the film, then I don't think you can have much chemistry to the two romantic leads. So it does sound like an utter predictable great rom-com that you could probably put on at Valentine's Day and maybe not end up watching the end of Why it. Why wouldn't you watch well, the as end a film it? that's going to be <laughs> on Valentine's Day? <laughs> I'm going to move swiftly past it. Like I'm going to just say that it's it's not going to be a film that's going to be remembered. It might be an okay watch, but I just don't think that makes it a hit. And yeah, and I think that means it's going to be on the shit list for me. I was going to say was the boost soundtrack. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think part of the problem here, Alex, is that Gav's lied to us just one too many times. <laughs> I think the problem <laughs> here is tell. that <laughs> like, you can maybe believe what Dave says, but Joel's film palette essentially is the Fast and the Furious <laughs> and a zombie film. <laughs> There's nothing in between. <laughs> so when Joel says a film is shit, he genuinely believes that. But does that make it true? <laughs> so Gav, I'm asking you, genuine opinion. What is the proposal like? I've, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think I, I, I agree with the majority of what I say. I think that it is very funny. Like, when it starts, you think, oh, well, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You know, if you, if you, from the very first minute, if you were to predict the plot, you could probably do it with about a 90% accuracy <laughs> rate. But is it enjoyable? And I think, yeah, I think it was. You know, I mean, I'd, I'm not going to say it was the, the best film ever. I'm not even going to say it was a, a particularly good film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it was the best film. I'm going to say it's a good film. I'm not even going to say it's an average film. What I will say is that it's a shit film. It's a film. It's just a film. <laughs> it's a, I will say that it, it is a film and it is a hundred. No, no. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I thought it was it was it was watchable. You know what I mean? I thought. It was, <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, but I, I thought, where, where I thought it was. Um, I, yeah, I probably say it was on, on the shit list. But the one thing that I do think that uh, the maybe you'd be surprised that is the, the chemistry. I think that that is the thing that is making the film for me. I think if if Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock weren't in this, and it was two other actors who didn't have that chemistry, I think this would definitely be a shit film. But because they're in it, I think that they and the supporting cast elevate it more than it deserves. And I think that although, you know, it is very formulaic and it is very standard, their chemistry and their relationships really do lift it. Okay. Uh, Dave, what was your opinion on it? Um, it's it's a palatable watch, to be honest with you. It's it's very average, but you won't come away thinking that you've wasted an hour and a half of your life. Incredibly formulaic. Nothing original here to be seen whatsoever. And I do think the script uh, does the actors a disservice but it's it's formulated but enjoyable you know like like gav said it's it's a watch you can you can enjoy elements of this it's not laugh out loud funny though it's not as funny as it needed to be to recover uh and i think you hit the nail on the head when you said there's no spark that's that's the issue there and i think that's ultimately what why i probably would have put it on the shit list as well but it does not to say it's terrible did you genuinely think there wasn't a spark between reynolds and bullock yeah i I thought it was flat i thought they i believe every member of this cast did their best really did do their best. I think the director did the best. The script was not funny enough or romantic enough. And it was something that we'd seen before. And when it's so formulaic, we've seen it so many more times, done so much better. Yeah. You know, I've seen better rom-coms. I've seen better Sandra Bullock rom-coms than this. I've seen better Ryan Reynolds rom-coms than this. So it all just falls flat, ultimately. Joel, you seem like you're pretty against the proposal all the way through. Or was that just Gav? It's hard yeah, to tell. Uh, well, you know, to, to counter Gav, what I'll say is that I thought, the last Fast and Furious, which Gav loved 
was absolutely shit. So, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Hey, his, his hey, it was, it was the Fast points. and the Furious. It was Hobson Shaw. And, <laughs> so, and it was great, Joel. Let's, let's, yeah, I watched like, it again recently and I was right. It, I, was <laughs> I think uh, this film is terrible. Like For me, it was just boring. Like, I, did, I, was, I was genuinely truthful when I said like I didn't laugh once and I don't think there is any chemistry. Good. Like tourist board advert for Alaska, if you want to watch that for a while, but that's about it. <laughs> it's um, it's thing, not actually best filmed. thing about the film right there. Yeah, it's a little puppy. <laughs> well, Kevin the dog. Best thing about the film right there. It's it's not actually filmed in Alaska either. It's uh, all of it's <laughs> shot in Boston, so, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. so. <laughs> well, <laughs> Massachusetts looks lie. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to have it's nice to have everyone's genuine opinions. Aussie, Hello. what's your genuine? Opinion? <laughs> <laughs> of, of, which film are we doing now? Uh, I've not been here for so many and I've tried to catch up, so I just watched all of the films which I thought nice. we'd be doing. Did you watch the yeah, proposed? We should have just left it and let Ozzy start. I did, Ryan. Right, that's uh, <laughs> and, uh, just... yeah, the bit where he like, rips out his heart. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought this was... I think it's kind. I caught most of people's genuine opinions here and I think I sort of agree, except for I thought it was all right. Like, it's just... It's a bit shit in terms of it's not a good film, but... It's a predictable, easy watch, which I think sometimes you might want if you're after something a little bit mindless that's completely, you know, non, uh, non-offensive. non It's just easy, you know. They're nice people to watch. Ryan Reynolds is easy on the eye. Sandra Bullock's easy on the eye. Mm. Nice. Well, there's a bit of debate about that, actually. Was yeah. he a shit Ryan Reynolds? Was that true? Is he, was he a shit uh, Ryan? Well, is he not in, as good a Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds is now? Yeah, in comparison with, you know, what we know him for now, which is genuinely funny like he's funny off screen and on screen you know and everything he does but you know he's sort of i guess he, he was before uh deadpool. deadpool wasn't it where i think he actually became himself and decided this is what i'm about so uh you still still learning the ropes about how to be ryan reynolds yeah yeah he's like a poor man's ryan reynolds like ryan reynolds <laughs> before coming of age you know he's he's had his right of passage and now he's a now he's a real boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's become a family man and he doesn't have to prove himself to anyone anymore. I, I thought he was all right. It wasn't like, I probably wouldn't watch it in a hurry. Again. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm not looking forward to watching it. Honestly, like, like, I don't think it's as bad as everybody's making out. <laughs> I mean, like, I, like I, I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is all right. I would have been like, oh, this is awful. I can't get through it. I mean, it's just it's just a rom-com, you know what I mean? I think it's just because I've watched a lot okay. of them recently that maybe I'm just desensitized to sure. it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I watched... It's a lot less divisive than... Richard Curtis. Uh, yeah, the Richard, any Richard Curtis things, really. But it's <laughs> yeah, a lot less I, divisive than that. You know, I would happily watch it. The Proposal 16 times in a row <laughs> without a toilet break. <laughs> I'd have to watch Love Actually one more time. Oh, well, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> goes without saying. One film without a toilet break for you is bad enough, man. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> what about if you had to like drink blended onions and <laughs> I would probably do that I would drink everything that I'm allergic to I would have it on an IV drip for like two days <laughs> you have to watch Love Actually again um, yeah I'm sorry I just typed in um, I was typing in Craig T. Nelson before on Google and I, came, I found this very, very funny quote, obviously not intentional. Uh, it's Craig T. Nelson saying, I've been on food stamps and welfare, but did anybody help me out? No. 
was like, wow, <laughs> any, any context for this? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but... aren't the food stamps the help, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so high or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Four Weddings and a Funeral, which got 96%. Oh, and seventy-four percent of on tomatoes. I'm jumping in. I say like forty percent. Uh, okay, yeah. So you're all you're low. right. It is low. It's a forty-four percent critical oh, and sixty-seven percent uh, <laughs> audience score. Sixty-seven, Alex. Come on, that's all right. That's not that all bad. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's a continuation of our rom-com month next week, as we're going to be putting the classic How long is rom-com month. I feel like it's been about six months. We've really literally done two through. films. <laughs> just shows how, how much you can't. Just shows how much you can't tolerate romantic comedies. You're like Jesus Christ, how long's a month? <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was more because we've like skipped a week in between each film. So <laughs> I think well, we had a week off where we ended up doing um, Army of the Dead, which is uh, a romantic comedy for the ages. You know, it's, it's, it's the tale of Zack Snyder's love for an overly long film and an incredibly I, slow I scene. Uh, I listened to that podcast. That was, uh, I think you guys, you two did a very good job of uh, making it seem like us three were still there. <laughs> the, the impressions are really coming together aren't they <laughs> Thank, thanks Ozzy if you want to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts though, please feel free to do so I've already voted five stars I actually already gave it five stars before I was a part of the podcast I thought that's how I got involved find this guy who gave us five stars we need him <laughs> yeah we're, that's, that's you it. got we... involved Ozzy because none of us knew what we were doing so <laughs> Obviously, we've invited every single person that's given us a five-star review to join the show. So, um... I'm the only <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, next week it's a classic one as we're going to be reviewing Sleepless in Seattle, Ooh. and defending that piece of shit is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I hope you're not judging, guys. <laughs> <laughs> defending that is going to be Alex and Dave in prosecution. Uh, Joel, you're not going to like this, but it's you and me and Judge is going to be Aussie um, so yeah look forward to that one apart from probably Joel who unfortunately has to watch another romantic comedy this month apologies mm. only two left Joel and then we'll go back to zombie films <laughs> <laughs> now uh, yes yeah, so that's it just to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this episode if you've liked this episode why not like Aussie leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts give us a like a share and a subscribe you can get more content on filmsontrial.co.uk follow us on Twitter at Film Trials and Facebook YouTube and Instagram Films on Trial so that is it the proposal is a shit And we're going to be in your ears next week with Sleepless in Seattle. Goodbye. Sounds dead interesting, that Joe. It's a good bit of mystery. At least my internet isn't shit, mate. (laughs) (laughs) 